by having my own farming system, it really lets me get players at their peak value. The Luna boys, like, and Sebastian, like, really big shout out to you guys. <laughs> uh, seeing what you guys put into my team, you really know uh, how to build a player up for me to take advantage of at the right time. So really do want to thank that, like, from you guys. You guys are awesome for that. Yo, you're watching another episode of the Commish Talk podcast with your hosts, MJ Padua and Joe Bianchi. What's up, everybody? We have a special guest in the pod with us today. You've heard us talk about him many times in the show. He's the big bad wolf of La Ligma. He's the fantasy menace. He's Kayvon Govon Lu. What's up, dude? We're so excited to have you on the pod with us. Yo, what up, everybody? It's great to be here. Very excited. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to... Uh, shed some light to some teams that are in some darkness that can't really see for themselves. So uh, <laughs> glad to be here, you guys. It's going to be a great go. time. So on today's episode, we're going to try to get into the mind of Kayvon, see what makes him tick, how he values certain guys and positions. And we're also going to be talking about a segment we're calling our guys. And last but not least, we're going to do some mock-up trades. Joe, do you want to kick us off with some questions for Kayvon? For sure. So we have some questions prepared for you, Kayvon, starting off. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> <laughs> way that I am. Does this have to do with like just an evil stigma that I screw people over or something? Like, <laughs> it might have something to do with that. No, I'm just kidding. I like you as a person. I think that you play a little dirty and fancy, but we'll break that down a little bit. So question number one, what is your strategy when it comes to trades? It seems like you often come out on top when it's all said and done. How have you been able to stay so consistent over the years? Yeah, yeah, Joe, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, before I answer this, I think <laughs> that it's important that I give credit where credit is due. Our league, like more specifically, my division of development has like done an absolutely like stellar job this year. Like by having my own farming system, it really lets me get players at their peak value. The Luna boys like and Sebastian, like really big <laughs> shout out to you guys. <laughs> Uh, seeing what you guys put into my team, you really know uh, how to build a player up for me to take advantage of at the right time. So really do want to thank that like from you guys. You guys are awesome for that. Aside from the farming system, though, like when it comes to trades, like my strategy to trades is I go for the players that I love. I play favorites like Amari. Like I'll never give up Amari because I love him. Um, and that makes fantasy a lot more fun for you as an owner too, because it's like you're ride or die with your team. No, seriously. Like, yeah, you have to have your favorites. Like I respect that Luna is all about carry on Johnson. It sucks that DeAndre <laughs> Swift did. No, I'm serious. Like he was all about it. He loves Kenny Galladay, yeah. loves Marvin Jones. And like, I respect that because if they did well, one is like favorite players are like going off and two his teams are amazing. And like, it really is the best of both worlds. Unless your team um, is bad, then it's the worst of all the worlds because your <laughs> NFL team is bad, your fantasy team is bad, and you're losing money because your fantasy team is bad. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I've always thought it that you were making trades where you thought you'd always be coming out with more value. But now that you say that you would rather have players you love and enjoy, do you feel like you would make a trade for a player you like where you're obviously losing in value? That's a good question. No, I don't. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm smart. Like... I think things through and like, I'm not, not dumb. I don't know. Yeah. Kayvon, I definitely feel that like you definitely know what you're doing when it comes to trades and you don't just go for the guys you love. Uh, like, like you said, you think, you think it through, you make sure there's good value there as well. Why I want to ask then is what was the savviest move that's been pulled off this off season or even off seasons in the past? I know this can come off like a little narcissistic because like you guys know, I, I do I do love my team and everything, and I think I'm a great GM, but when I gave up that package for Saquon, I forgot to mention that I also got Adam Thielen in that package. And so basically Adam Thielen going into that year, he came off a good year, but like th there wasn't this expectation for him to go off again or for him to be an essential key player that's going to get you guys a championship or me a championship. And obviously my team name going into the year is winning this year because <laughs> I was supposed to win this past year, but things didn't play out. If we do talk about savviest moves, mine comes down to not just one thing, but when I got Adam Thielen, what I was able to do from there was a package him with, with Mark Ingram, with 
Geronimo Allison. I don't know if like that's even how you pronounce his name, but Geronimo, Geronimo Allison or whatever. But with that trade, what I was able to get from Sebastian was Leonard Fournette and David Johnson, just because they they didn't really have that that much hype going into this next season. Basically, got the most that I could from them. I dumped David Johnson to to Kevin right before he got injured, and he was averaging like 25 points a week. I got Tyree Kill for that, and then I packaged Leonard Fournette with Melvin Gordon to get the number one pick. So basically, like for Geronimo Allison, Mark Ingram, and Adam Thielen, I was able to get the 101 for this year and Tyree Kill. Tyreek's another player that I really like. He's awesome. He's so fast. He's got hops too. I don't know if you saw this catch from last year, but he got like a six foot vertical or something. Yeah, where you Randy Moss, that defender. Yeah, it was insane. And so, like, using that drive for favorite players and just kind of doing some some swindling, I was able to... Uh, some black magic, lost, dude. Some black magic. But the second you pulled that trade off with Shabes, it was more than getting a player you love, though. Like, we knew, like the second that thing came through, everybody was pissed. Are we talking about the trade? Mm-hmm. It's kind of been this thing that has just grown past. Like, it's just, it just lives in infamy, and it, it just has become its own entity. And Kayvon, you just got this sticker of like, you're just the ultimate swindler when it comes to fantasy trades because of it. And then Shabes now has this sticker of like, the dude can't make a good trade, which isn't true. Shabes has made good trades. I just think anytime Shabes is involved with the trade, everybody thinks Shabes automatically loses. And I don't think that's the case. And anytime Kayvon's yeah, involved he has a chip it, on his shoulder for sure. Yeah. And anytime Kayvon makes a trade from here on out, people are going to think he swindled the person at the other end, even though that might not be the case. For sure. So looking at your team, um, and I think it's kind of also another stigma that a lot of people have about you is that you value the RB position, the running back position, more than any other position. Would you consider this to be a fair statement? Uh, do you agree, disagree? What's wrong with it? Why why can't you be okay with trying to have all the RBs on your team? Like the first season, I had no wide receivers. I think I was running on Devontae Parker and Kenny Galladay before either of them had any breakout at all. But like, it's the fact that running backs in PPR that you can rely on them so heavily that you know that they can at least get you those 20 points. Like they don't need to go off, but Mm -hmm. getting you that consistency, that's everything to me. I'll take any RB and just keep them on my bench until I know like what they can or can't be. And it's really worked out, man. Like I've got, I've got Eckler as probably like one of my, my worst running backs and like, He's also potentially going to be a top five running back this year. I don't know how you guys rank him, especially with the offense changing everything, but like running backs should be your primary concern in any, any fantasy football league, or I mm-hmm. guess only PPR or I'm not really sure how non PPR works. I don't really associate myself with them, but so tell, if- like, tell me you guys are running backs, not the most valuable position in the league. Yeah, I think they're super valuable. It, for me, it goes running back, wide receiver, and then quarterback and tight end are kind of 50-50 for me. I think what edges out RBs over wide receivers is, yeah, that like reception out of the backfield. If they're getting, if they're patch casting, if they're like a dual threat running back, that's like such huge value and you can rely on that a lot. I think what's scary about RBs though is RBs sometimes only have like a four-year window of fantasy relevance and then they're not really worth starting. They might be like a risky flex play. And so... There's only a couple of premier running backs in this league, and I think that's why they're such a hot commodity where there there are some like really solid wide receiver ones, but those RB ones are like really few and far between. And then the tier drop off between wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos. Like you can run with two wide receiver twos, kind of like you proven. But if you have like two RB ones, your team's gonna look a lot better than if you had two RB twos and you can't win a championship with that two RB ones in our league. Yeah, or it's, yeah. it's going to be a little bit harder. But yeah, personally, I like running backs a lot, but you have to know when to get rid of them. Kayvon, if you could have four running backs on your team, what top four running backs would you have? And also including uh, this year's crop of rookies. Yeah, I think my favorite running backs, I'll pick them just because I think they got swagger, like the way they play. They're fun guys to watch. None of these guys are by any means like boring players. And obviously, superstars not going to be boring, but four running backs I would take would be uh i'll give you five i'm sorry um that's fine christian saquon camara zeke 
Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison. Like you can rely on Dalvin or Madison to put up numbers if one of them is going to be the sole running back for that game. Yeah, I, I don't think that Dalvin can be up in a, a tier one without his handcuff just because of the likelihood of getting, getting injured again this year. I don't think there's any argument with my top five. What about you guys? Who do you, who do you guys have up there? Yeah, I probably have a lot of the same guys. I think a lot of those guys checks the box of, for me, at least being in a PPR league of being that dual threat. I really like Clyde Edwards. I might put him up there. For me, it would probably be CMC, Kamara, Saquon, and Clyde. I'm not super big on Dalvin. His team definitely wants to run the ball a lot. I think that there's injury concerns for me that where you kind of have to have the Madison handcuff. And so I like yeah. running backs where I don't necessarily need to keep the handcuff. You know, I can pick up handcuffs for my guys, but... Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think I could put Clyde up there with those other guys, but... How? Yeah. Yeah, the other guys I think I, I think I'd go with too. I'd, I'd ship it on those. Um, yeah, dude, running back, super important. If your team does not have running backs, guys, like look to get some running backs. I know Shaves has been wheeling and dealing trying to get some running backs. One of the ones he's targeting is on my roster, so maybe you'll see a trade coming down the pipeline. Um, but Kayvon, we have you ranked as one of the top teams in the league. We want to hear how you think the rest of the league stacks up. What teams do you think will surpass expectations and which ones do you think are set up to disappoint? I love this question. I'm actually really excited to answer this one out of all of them. Yeah, dude, talk your shit, bro. Let's break it down really quick. Top teams, it's going to be Joe and me. Joe and me, I think, are the only ones that are going to compete. Joe, like, your team is solid. You do have probably, like, maybe the best two running backs in the game, maybe the best wide receiver, depending on just whatever happens to the Packers this year, but... My biggest worry for you is your flex, man. Like, if, if we compare the depth of your flex compared to my flex, I think that is where I edge you out. I, I've got number one players filling up those positions for the slots, whereas, like, when I look at your roster, I see Kenny and Drake and King Allen. And those players are great, but they're also, like, huge question marks going into the year. And I don't know what your expectations are for those players or – if you want to dump them to do something and just get better players to fill those spots. But I think that's a place that you're going to have to worry about. Kevin's not going to compete. Like he's got the best wide receiver, but we were talking earlier about the importance of running backs and the guy's got nothing. If he's going to rely on Nick Chubb at splitting touches with Kareem Hunt or Le'Veon Bell is just old. Like that guy's got so many miles and he's way past his prime. His team was awesome last year and the fact that he had really good depth at the wide receiver position and he could use that to his advantage in the flex. But I think going forward, we're going to see a big drop off from Kevin. Some fun surprises though coming in. I'm really excited for Tim's team. Tim is like just embodying what it means to be patient and really just nurture your team and not push to win every single year, like knowing your place and kind of just slowly building and working up to getting a championship. Josh Jacobs is like, things would be fun to watch. Miles Sanders. DeAndre Hopkins is a little iffy in my opinion. I don't know how you guys see him with Kyler Murray, but I just think that Hopkins had a better connection with Watson. But I don't know. I haven't seen anything yet from uh, Hopkins and the Cardinals, so things can change. But Eric, I don't know. You're not going to win this year, maybe in two years. It really just comes down to joe and me for this year in my opinion i think that you and i are going to be in the championship and i think that's that for this year just to boil it down and synthesize what you had just said who would you say is your sleeper pick this season and who is your biggest bust this season in terms of teams in our league oh all right definitely tim sleeper biggest bust is going to be kevin I, I just don't see his strategy and just dumping all of his picks and these players that he's holding on to. And really long shot sleeper is going to be Joseph Luna. If for some reason, Melvin you, Gordon and Leonard Fournette, I swear. You I, want no, him I, to hit so bad so everybody would get off your back about how, oh, not everyone, no, I would get off your back about how bad that trade was. If you look at his roster, like, yeah, he could use a tight end. His flexes could use some help, but... He also has two he does have running back one potentials. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah. He's my deep sleeper. <laughs> Luna, I got some love for you, man. Like all you guys, Shades. Uh, you and I should talk out that, that trade one day over the phone. Your farm guys. Maybe, yeah, my farm guys. 
<laughs> Sweet. Well, we're going to move into our next segment that we're calling Our Guys. And just like Kayvon did with teams in our leagues, we're going to talk about some players that we think will surpass expectations, some that we think will disappoint their GMs, and guys that we think are safe bets. And so we're going to call these guys Our Guys. You can hold us to these names and make sure we don't hear the end of it if they don't pan out. So um, we're going to start off with some safe bets. So these are guys um, who you think are going to – uh, live up to the value of their ADP guys who have either done, you know, like they're going to keep the status quo of what they've done in the past. You don't think they're an injury risk, all that, blah, blah, blah. So Kayvon, you're our special guest. How about we start with you? Who do you think is the safe bet? I'm going to give this one to my handcuff players. I, when I was talking earlier about Dalvin and Mattinson, I really do have a lot of just like trust in that duo. I think that they're going to be putting up numbers each week. The likelihood of them both crashing together is just not, I don't see it happening. So I can rely on those guys for 25 points a week throughout the entire season. And that's what's really getting me thinking that they're the safest bet, in my opinion, personally. You really believe in that Minnesota backfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Joe, who do you think is the safest bet in fantasy football this year? I really like running back out of Oakland, Josh Jacobs. Um, I really like what he did his rookie year. You know, putting up over a thousand yards rushing. I think he got seven touchdowns. I really like what the Raiders are doing in improving the offense. They already have Waller out there, but now they have Rugs and a couple other later wide receivers that they picked up. And so it looks like they're really giving Derek Carr the opportunity to improve on the passing game. And I think when that passing lane opens up, it really is going to allow the run game to work as well so that they can be playing from ahead. So I really like what Josh Jacobs did last year and I think his trajectory is just moving up. I think he's gonna be a solid running back one this year. He's poised to be the bell cow running back for the Raiders this year. So congrats to him. Yeah, I like that. My safe bet this year is Devontae Parker, the wide receiver for Miami. Um, a couple what? of reasons. Yeah, I know, right? I, I wanted to pick kind of a spicy safe bet. To call it your safe bet though, is that is that mm -hmm. like a... I got reasons. Yeah. How me, safe is he? Oh, here, let, 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 let me talk you through. Let me talk you through. When you look at the last five games of last season for Devontae Parker, he was getting a ton of targets, right? So against Philadelphia, 10 targets, seven catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. And then against the Bengals and New England. And New England has one of the best secondaries in the league, right? He has 15 targets, 111 yards, one touchdown and against the Bengals. Against the Patriots, he had 11 targets, 8 catches, 137 yards. He's posting over 20 points a game in these last five games. Um, and then against Philadelphia, he, post, he put up almost 35. So I don't think he's going to have that level of production. But I think where people have him wide receiver too, I think he's going to be a top-end wide receiver too. And I think that's a pretty safe bet for a handful of reasons. He produces regardless of poor quarterback play. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick all of last year. And he's in an upgraded offense with Tua Tungvaluwa quarterback. You have Jordan Howard and Matt Breida behind him. And so teams are going to have to respect the run. And he's getting Preston Williams back, who was an undrafted free agent rookie last year, who was just lights out. Like the Dolphins absolutely hit on Preston Williams. And you have Mike Gesicki, who is also an emerging tight end in the league. So I think this Miami offense is really up and coming. And I think Devontae Parker... You can just ship him. He's going to be a, a top-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. This is another player that's on Tim's roster, and I think you can kind of expect that out of him uh, this upcoming year. Next up, we have buyers beware. These are guys that we think are going to bust compared to their ADP, compared to league-wide expectations. Kayvon, let's start again with you. Who do you think people who own this player should be aware of? Probably Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon, in my opinion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> no, no. Buyers at remorse or beware. Look out for Kevin this year. Kevin's going to be looking to dump Nick Chubb and Le'Veon Bell in some kind of package deal. And I don't think that you can rely on those guys to carry a team to a championship this year. Mm -hmm. Like, Nick Chubb was great last year, but it's just the fact that he's on the Browns. He's going to be shadowed by Kareem Hunt. It's 
it's just not in the workings for him to be a top five. So I'm going to consider him a bust for the value that he's going to go out in the draft. Joe, what, what do you think about that, Joe? Because you, you had some facial expressions that make me think you have some thoughts. Yeah, I like Nick Chubb a lot. For me, Nick Chubb is the workhorse of the offense. I think Kareem Hunt is kind of the complementary back. And so I don't even view it as 1A and 1B. I think I view it as 1 and 2. I think Kareem Hunt is a safety for the Browns where if Nick Chubb ever went out, they have like a solid guy to plug in. But if I was going to own a running back there, it would definitely be Nick Chubb. And I definitely see him being a running back one this year. So I think I disagree with you there. But yeah, my my running back, buyer beware, um, would be Le'Veon Bell, which is Kevin's other running back. I think Le'Veon is a little too reliant on Sam Darnold to bring him to the end zone, which kind of scares me a little bit. Similar to this year, we're going to see that Jets offense playing from behind a lot. And obviously that isn't really conducive to a solid run game if they're going to want to be throwing to catch back up in points. So it's not going to give them really a lot of opportunity to score. And also coach Adam Gase had a statement. Um, he was like on a podcast or radio show or whatever. And he was saying that he wants to lighten Le'Veon's load. And as a fantasy owner, that scares me. He says he wants to incorporate more backs in the rotation and he said the phrase, less is more. I don't know about you guys, but for me, more is more. Like, I want my guy on the field <laughs> all the time. I want him to be the Christian McCaffrey that's on the field 99% of the time. I don't want to hear less is more because that doesn't produce the fantasy points. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I guess for their offense, that'll improve their offense. But for a fantasy outlook, that kind of scares me. Uh, one, of the po- one of the pros for Le'Veon is he's super nasty at Smash Bros. I don't know if you guys have seen play. <laughs> But he actually played in an online tournament recently, and he's actually really sick with the sticks. He played as Mega Man. I mean, I can get into it a little bit more, but he pulled off this really cool combo where he jumped off stage and jumped instead of hitting the guy, which is called a footstool. And so he just sent him straight to the blast zone. And it's like a super high risk, low reward move, or high risk, high reward move. And like he just pulled it off. But so that was super dope from Le'Veon. But Maybe yeah, that's so, what Le'Veon is. He's he's high risk, high reward. You know, if Kevin decides to ride or die with Le'Veon, he could have a bust at a running back, like you're saying, Joe, or he could have you know a top five running back if he produces the way he did when he was in Pittsburgh. But that was yeah. at this point three years ago, guys. So um, I like that pickup, um, Joe. A lot of people are projecting Le'Veon to bust this year, but I know a lot of people also. Um, like the situation that he's in. And like we've said before, context is everything in fantasy football. Um, And a lot of times context edges out talent. So, um, and that's why I, this is like kind of classic context edging out talent. My buyer's beware pick for this year is going to be Amari Cooper. And I know if I'm wrong on this, that Kayvon will not let me hear the end of it. But there's there's a handful of reasons why I don't believe in Amari Cooper this year. One, he's a cowboy, and that's trash. Two, he's incredibly inconsistent. So he had six games this past season with less than 10 fantasy points. He had three games with wide receiver two numbers, which means, you know, he's finishing his wide receiver 13 through um, 24 for that week. And then you have three games, only three games with wide receiver one numbers. And then he also had four games as the absolute wide receiver one in the league. And so with that kind of inconsistency, I don't know if you can put enough stock into him. And not only that, he disappeared weeks 15 and 16. Those are some pivotal fantasy playoff weeks, guys. That is semifinal finals weeks for fantasy playoffs. He disappeared, putting up 2.9 and 6.4 points respectively in those weeks. And then in the last half of the season, weeks 10 through 17, Homeboy put up two touchdowns. Weeks 10 through 17 had two receiving touchdowns. And that's just last year. This year, he's rolling out onto the field with Michael Gallup, who's had another year under his belt. He's going to demand more of a target share. You got CeeDee Lamb, who they drafted at 17th overall, who's an ultra-talented wide receiver. They really like Blake Jarwin in Dallas. So he's going to command some targets. Then you also have Ezekiel Elliott, who they're trying to incorporate more into the passing game. He hit so big on some weeks last year that his wide receiver standing in fantasy was elevated because of the average. And it actually wasn't indicative of the quality of player that you're getting in fantasy. So my biggest bust is going to be Amari Cooper. And lastly, I'm just really hoping one of Kayvon's players bust 
Like if Kayvon finishes as third or less, I cannot wait to just play back this episode as he said, oh, it's just going to be me and Joe competing this year. I cannot wait until he gets sniped out of the playoffs by Joseph or Shaves. Oh my gosh, the amount of joy that would bring to my heart. But Kayvon, I know you- Really, really quick. Yeah. How much do you value a 1,000 yard season from a player? Is that indicative of anything? It depends how many catches do they have. Let's say averaging 70, 70 catches a season on a thousand yards. Okay. And then are all of those piled up on the span of seven games or is that consistent every game? Average throughout the whole season. I would say that's, I would say that's pretty decent. Dude, he's got a thousand yards in every season except for one where he was injured and out for like half the but, season. But it's the inconsistencies from game to game because how do you know which game to start? He might bust on a game that's re- like we said, weeks 15, 16. If you had made it past Kevin and into the finals, you would have gotten stomped by Joe because yeah, of Amari. So how do you how do you know which games to start? You don't. And so I think those inconsistencies like make him a really dangerous fantasy play for me. I'm not saying he finishes like wide receiver 40. I think he'll still produce like a fair amount, but I don't Where do you think, think he ends? Live up. I think he'll probably end up as like maybe wide receiver. I could see him anywhere between 10 and 18. I'd keep inside top 10 easily. Joe, what about you? I mean, for a third of the year, he's wide receiver five. And then for a third of the year, he's wide receiver 32. So I, I don't know. He, I mean, two thirds of the year. He, so yeah, I'm not a big Amari Cooper guy. I think his inconsistencies is huge, huge red flag for me. And for a guy who wants to get to the playoffs and be successful in the playoffs, Amari being one of your starting wide receivers scares me a little bit. I mean, you say he's in the top five, but if any of these other guys in the top five scored a game where they only got three points, I would say that they're not in the top five. Like the Michael Thomases, the Devontae Adams, you know, the Julio Jones. Like if they're scoring only three points, like are they really top five though? Let's go ahead. We're going to transition into our sleeper guys. So these are our guys who we think will surpass their ADP that people are just sleeping on. Um, so Kayvon, I want to hear from you. Who is your sleeper for this year? I've got two guys. Um, one of them, I don't really know if I call him a sleeper just because he, he performed well last year, his rookie season. AJ Brown, I think Tannehill's great. He just signed a four-year contract. AJ Brown is like the six-foot-one speedy receiver, just... He's got a body to play the game, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he wasn't really prospected like that high in drafts going in, but I like him. I it can honestly go either way with this Titans offense, and I don't know if he's really got like star potential, but I think it can happen. Um, I'd say AJ Brown, but also another player that I've been just excited on like every year that hasn't really made it yet, but I think he can be on the cusp. Evan Ingram, the guy was. First round tight end that got picked. He's super good at catching the ball. He's fast, big guy. Like I call him Travis Kelsey 2.0. I think <laughs> with the the Giants kind of strengthening their O line this year, I think they picked up some like huge center in the first round, which I got really excited for because uh, I got him and Saquon. But yeah, Evan Ingram, really big things coming from him this year, and like I'm so happy to have him on my team. Hmm. I like those picks. I like the faith in AJ Brown. He was wide receiver nine in non-PPR, and he was wide receiver 21 in PPR, which means he was just a big play receiver. I think he averaged something like over 20 yards a reception, which you have to expect regression. But if he gets more targets from Ryan Tannehill, like you're saying, if Tannehill can just get his noodle of an arm to get to A.J. Brown's hands, get the ball to A.J. Brown's hands, I think, yeah, dude, I think he's a huge sleeper. I like that pick a lot. Evan Ingram has a lot of question marks for me. What were we saying? Who would you rather take, Marquise Brown or AJ Brown? Ooh, I'll shoot that one over to Joe. I like Marquise Brown. I'm a big believer in just that Ravens offense. I think, you know, the run game is going to be really solid this year, and I think the passing game is solid as well. I like Lamar Jackson a lot, so mm-hmm. you got to love Marquise Brown. Yeah, but I don't think AJ Brown's that far behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a at, that, at that point you're kind of splitting hairs. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, I really like the quarterback situation much better for Marquise Hollywood Brown, like you said, Joe. Those are some good sleepers, Kayvon. Joe, who are your sleepers for this year? Yeah, so I got a sleeper that I think it might be a little controversial. I don't think you it's guys are here. one, dude. But yeah, my sleeper is Nikhil Harry. So I have him on here for a couple of reasons. I think the consensus on Nikhil Harry is that he's bust, he's not good, and I don't want to touch him at the 10 foot pole. But if you look at him from last year, he was hurt. He got hurt, I think it was like the first or second game of the preseason, and he was hurt until November. So you can't really knock a guy for being hurt all year and then coming back and not being able to produce in an offense where he didn't have the rapport with Tom Brady. And you hear this time and time again where these receivers, they just don't tick, click with Tom Brady, and so Tom doesn't throw it to them. you know. And so I think that's a huge factor for that. Um, and on the depth chart of the New England Patriots, Harry is listed as wide receiver two um, alongside Edelman. And Edelman's age 33. They have a potential out at the end of this year for him. So I could see him being the wide receiver one at the end, at the start of 2021, if not by 2022. And if you were talking about us before the draft last year, before the 2019 draft, and you're saying Eric just traded Nikhil Harry for a third round pick in 2020, that that trade looks like a steal and that's what eric just did this last week and for me if nikhil harry like let's say this this year was wiped off and he was entering the draft his senior year instead of what he did in his junior year i think we'd be talking about him going at the end of the first round so i think his obviously his rookie year didn't pan out for how everybody was hoping but i think he could have a really good sophomore year and he could be like one of these dj chart guys that like pop off in his second year or maybe even third year i think this year the patriots are kind of tanking for t law tank for trevor hashtag but you know once trevor gets there maybe they pop off then or maybe you know who knows maybe jared stidham's actually good and maybe he has a good rapport with jared stidham and so i think getting to kill harry for a third round pick to me it seems really solid because it seems like in the third round that's what you want you want a dart throw where it's going to be like this guy has a really high ceiling and I think he does have that wide receiver two ceiling, but I, I understand there's a lot of question marks there, but I see that being a more likely, I see, I just see there an avenue to be that wide receiver two where a lot of these other guys have to fight a lot more for him. It's just kind of like, it's up for you to take. It's just, are you going to take it or not? So I like that a lot. I like his talent. Uh, he did really well in college, but yeah. What do you guys yeah. think about that? I, I agree. Like Eric taking that thing for a third round pick, that's, that's impressive because he wasn't on anybody's radar. I think, I don't think anybody was thinking about Nikhil Harry going into this year and shouts to Eric looking out ahead of the game, saying ahead of everybody on that. I think that's a, it's a reason why we love having you, Eric. Way to turn Nick's team around, man. Um, I'm not, I'm not super high on Nikhil Harry personally. I think he has bad quarterback play with Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham is not the answer in New England. Like you said, they're going to try to tank for Trevor Lawrence, which if Trevor Lawrence ends up in a Patriots jersey, like I might kill myself. Like I would just be so bummed about that. But yeah, yeah not, I, not, to I say that I'm, not to say that I'm super high or anything on him, but I do think that the consensus of how low people are on him surprises me a little bit. And so that for that reason, I think he's a good sleeper candidate. But yeah, MJ, who do you have as your sleeper candidate? Yeah, my sleeper pick is David Johnson, the running back out of Houston. I got him from Kevin for like Kareem Hunt. And I think like we swapped thirds or something like that. So I'm pretty stoked in the value that I got him at. But the reason why I have David Johnson as my sleeper, not just cause he's on my team, but the Texans have 245 vacated carries by the loss of Carlos Hyde, which is a lot of carries. And I don't think they're gonna split that between, um, between David Johnson and Duke Johnson Jr. I think they're pretty low on Duke Johnson, which is why they traded for David Johnson. Um, so I think he's going to fill a lot of those 245 carries that Carlos Hyde took away with him. And then also the Houston running backs got 78 targets out of the backfield. And David Johnson knows how to catch the ball. He was like a do-it-all kind of running back when he was in Arizona before they kind of just sat him on the bench in favor of Kenyon Drake. So I think he's going to at least see 78 targets, if not more, because the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. And he was also the second player in that blockbuster trade with DeAndre Hopkins being the first, obviously. So the Texans have to give him every opportunity to succeed or else Bill O'Brien's just saying, 
yeah, I don't want this head coaching job anymore. Like that's pretty much what he's saying. If he doesn't give David Johnson every opportunity to succeed. They also only signed one rookie running back, Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss as an undrafted free agent. So they didn't get anybody in the draft to kind of back him up beyond Duke Johnson. And when he was seeing over 70% of the snap share in 2019, he scored an average of 22.58 fantasy points in PPR formats. So any game that he saw a snap, a snap share of 70% or greater, like you could bet on him to score almost 20 points. Now, do I think that is feasible to keep throughout a season? Probably not, but I think you could count on him to score at least 14, 15 a game if he's getting 70% of the snap share, which he is projecting to get much more than that in Houston. And he's two years removed from the injury that everybody's really afraid of. He's passed his physical. The Texans are super confident that he's back to 100%. And maybe a little conjecture added in there. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. So I like the guy who has all the talent in the world, who's backed into a corner and has to prove again that he's a top running back in the league. So I really like David Johnson a lot. And I think I got him for a steal um, by giving away Cream uh, Hunt and a third. But I know, Joe, you thought I lost on that deal. What are your, some of your thoughts for that? Yeah, for me, I think I'm just higher on Cream Hunt than I am for DJ. I think... Even though you said he's the two behind Nick Chubb? Yeah. I think for David Johnson, yeah, he has a lot to prove. He kind of has a chip on his shoulder. And I think that, you know, like you were saying, Bill O'Brien has a chip on his shoulder as well. But the reason why he sat out for Kenyon Drake last year was because of injury. And he is really old. And you see these old running backs who have this history of injury. Like, he doesn't have a history of injury, but it just scares me a little bit. And I think I mean, he's not that old. He's only like 25. No. David Johnson? Johnson? David Johnson? Oh, he's 28. You're right. Oh, that's super old. It's maybe super old for a running back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Super old for a running back. And I guess I just kind of have him in my mind that he is a little bit older. But I think I'm more concerned about David Johnson than I am for Kareem Hunt. And yeah, so for me, and it's also you guys just didn't swap thirds. Uh, he gave you his fifth and you gave him your third. And so for me, it's like, personally, I'm higher on Cream Hunt than I am DJ. And so that's why I, I was like so so quick to say that you lost because it just kind of seemed like he he gained draft value. But that's just, that's just my opinion. I think, sure, I think but... we're, we're going to have to see it till the season plays out, obviously, to see who won. I think it really could go either way. But if I was going to make the trade, I would probably keep Cream Hunt or no, trade for but that's like with any trade you know and i think i mean you've said on the show you think like you view third rounders as dart throws so yeah if that's true then a third round dart throw is going to be similar to a fifth round dart throw i think i see a little bit differently but i take the starting running back over like you even think the backup just like the handcuff or the backup running back like i would take the starter who's going to get a lot of snap shares but we can agree to disagree there for sure for Kayvon, sure. did you have some thoughts on it I love David Johnson. David Johnson was like one of my, my past favorite players, but it's just that you don't really hear about, and maybe Kenny and Drake is the anomaly, but you don't really hear about running backs, especially making big bounce backs to be a top tier player again when they were in just, I think about Le'Veon Bell again. And I think about, I like Jordan Howard this year, but at the same time, it's like, this guy's not going to be like a number one player. And, David Johnson's got a lot of miles on his tires. I think David Johnson's taken a lot of hits. He's taken a lot of injuries. The dude is still a beast. And you're right in the fact that he gets his catches. He's a great receiver. I'm actually watching his highlights right now. The dude's got speed and his stiff arm is insane, but he's in a great position. If there's a time for him to bounce back and that is why he's a sleeper pick, you're right. It's going to be with the Texans where he's the number one. Their receiving core, like they got Brandon Cooks and I think that's pretty much his only competition unless you consider Will Fuller to be some sort of like kind of reception hog or something. But no, I think you're right about him being a sleeper. I don't know what the percentage or likelihood of the happening is, but yeah, that'd be awesome for him to bounce back again. I love yeah. David Johnson. Yeah. So those are our guys. A reminder, you guys can hold us to them. Um, if we're wrong, you know, don't let us hear the end of it. Next up, we're going to have some mock trades. And since we have the ultimate wheeler and dealer with us on this show, we're going to be introducing this new segment. We're going to call it Send It. And I'm really excited for this. 
Um, like I said, we're each going to present a mock trade that we would like to see happen in La Ligma and just talk through why we see it as a win-win. This segment was Joe's idea. So how about you kick us off, Joe? For sure. So my first trade, I would like Tim to trade it away as 1.05. So I think Tim has a couple of needs that he needs to fill if he's going to be that contender, if he's going to be that sleeper, you know, championship winner. I think the first need that he has to fill is his quarterback situation. And I think having a solid tight end is necessary to compete with the likes of me, Kevin, and Kayvon. So I'm looking to gain those. I'm looking to gain those positions for Tim. So I have Tim trading away his 1.05, and the first person he can trade it to is Shaves. Now Shaves has Deshaun Watson and Darren Waller, and I know he's super high on these guys, but I think getting 1.05 for Deshaun Watson and Darren Waller would be a really good move for Shaves. I think Shaves' running backs, you know, he, he gained Aaron Jones, which is really great for him, but getting 1.05 guarantees that you're going to get one of these top five guys in this year's draft, and that sounds like really exciting for me if I was Shaves. And that really helps out Tim's team because he gets Deshaun Watson, who's a super mobile quarterback, who's going to put up a lot of fantasy points for you and is going to be a weekly streamer, and Darren Waller, who is will probably be his tight end one this year. And if Shaves is kind of in this pseudo rebuild mode, this helps because he gets a young running back who's going to be solid, hopefully for the next couple of years. If Tim feels like he's not getting enough value for that, he could also ask for a wide receiver like Jamison Crowder, since I think Tim will probably be targeting a wide receiver at 1.05. But I feel like if he did want Jamison Crowder, Tim would have to also throw in maybe his 3.05. So that would look at like 1.05 and 3.05 for Deshaun, Darren, and Crowder. Um, so that's the first trade that Tim can make. Another trade that I think would be really good for Tim is trading away his 1.05 to MJ. So let's say Tim doesn't want to lose a first round pick. He could trade his 1.05 who looking at Tim's running backs, it doesn't look like he's going to be targeting running back because he had two really solid young running backs in Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs. So I assume that Tim's thinking he's going to get a wide receiver here. And so if he trades to MJ, MJ can get the 1.05 and get a running back that he would probably want. And Tim can get... 110 and Wentz. So MJ would be trading up to 1.05 um, and adding Wentz to it. And so at 110, Tim can still get one of these really good wide receivers in the first, and he gets that solution to his quarterback situation. Guys that I see definitely being at the 110, Ruggs could definitely be at the 110. Justin Jefferson could be there. We had Jalen Rager going in the 110 in our mock draft earlier. So, I mean, there's going to be some really solid guys there who are going to be fantasy relevant this year and probably for the next couple of years. And so I see that being a really good lateral move for both these guys. I really like it because if I'm able to get up to the 105, then I have the 105 and 106, which would be kind of cool. But if Tim got Deshaun Watson, Darren Waller, and Jamison Crowder for the 105, that would be a pretty big steal. But I know Shaves really wants to get a running back. We'll see who falls there to him, though. Um, could be guys like J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, or Cam Akers, depending on what Eric does beforehand. Um, but yeah, well, we have Kayvon on the show, so we're going to save him for last because he is just the ultimate wheeler and dealer. So I'll be the middle of this sandwich and my mock trade involves Kevin and Joseph. I have Kevin giving up Derek Henry, Le'Veon Bell and his fourth round pick for Joseph's Leonard Fournette, Deontay Johnson and a 2021 second. And here's why. So it's well document, documented how much I hate Joseph's trade with you, Kayvon, for the 101. And I think he's currently feeling some buyer's remorse because he's tried shopping Fournette to me. Like he's like <laughs> offered Fournette to me and asked what I would like. The dude's already shopping him. I think he has instant buyer's remorse. I think he's finally understanding what I was trying to tell him earlier. But I think it does two things if they pull off this trade. One it solves Joseph's perceived buyer's remorse by me, obviously, by giving him two guys whose names might be more relevant than their fantasy value. So he gets Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell and the 402. So I think it solves his buyer's remorse and he turns Leonard Fournette essentially into two running backs that have more name value than they have fantasy value. The second thing that this trade does is it, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll say it like this. What is Kevin great at as a fantasy GM? Like what? at least what do I think Kevin is great at is he's great at building depth and moving players at the right time to get the most value for them. So Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell, their values are at the highest they'll be this season is before when the season starts, because I don't think Le'Veon Bell will come out hot 
like out of the gate, Derrick Henry might, so he might get a little bit of a value bump, but I think their values are super high right now. And he's already punted on this year's draft. He's already traded a bunch of draft capital away. So what, what's a fourth round draft pick to Kevin, if he can ensure him some guys that he likes, then he gets a running back in Leonard Fournette, who Kevin has liked and defended in the trade. He's only 25 and he's in a contract year with Jacksonville because they declined their team option and running backs in contract years gets, they get run into the ground. So I think he'll get a lot of production if he plays a full 16, which is why my big question mark on the trade was there was because I don't know if Leonard Fournette is going to play a full 16, but if he does, he has a great running back there. He also gets an up and coming wide receiver in Deontay Johnson, who I think Kevin really likes there in Pittsburgh. And Kev has made a couple moves that lead me to believe that he's going to be using the 2021 offseason to inject youth into his roster. He already has acquired the 2021 second from Basti. His players are going to be another year older. And I think he picks up another one here. And he positions himself to compete not only this year with the acquisition of Leonard Fournette, but he positions himself to compete the year after as well because he's stocking up on these 2021 second round draft picks. So um, I like this move for both people because it's just on brand for both of them. It's on brand for Joseph because he's getting name value versus fantasy value. And it's on brand for Kevin to trade name value players for capital that he really values. And I think he likes Leonard Fournette, but that would be my trade. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? What is he shopping Fournette for with you? Like, what, what is he offering on that trade for you? He's like, what is he trying to get? He's trying to get like my my one ten, which is like kind of funny to me because it's like you're trying to say you moved nine spots to get Melvin Gordon, and like Melvin Gordon isn't worth the one hundred one. Like Melvin Gordon isn't worth alone isn't worth who you could have got at 101. So in my mind, if I were to pull off that trade, it would look really bad on him, but I don't like Leonard Burnett at all. But that's kind of what he's asked, knowing that he's probably like overshooting. So that way I meet him halfway, like come down a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah, he also offered me just one for one for the 107. I think he is trying to get back into the first, but. Yeah, dude, he has, I think he has buyer's remorse a little bit at least. I think these young, players and young talent in the first round is just too hard to pass up for for a guy who has too many question marks for me even though he does have a high ceiling mm -hmm. it's it's really kind of a win now move if i've ever seen one yeah for sure for a team that isn't really poised to win now outside of the running back position if those hit but anyways all right Kayvon, really excited to see what you've been cooking up we've been chefing up for the league what is a trade that you would like to see happen in the ligma There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of players I, I wish I could just see dumped onto other teams just because I don't see the benefit of somebody being on somebody's team for just certain reasons. Um, but a couple teams that I do think should be making some moves to kind of adjust whether they're going to be competing this year or if they're going to be taking a stop to rebuild that. Names that stick out, obviously, are going to be Eric Anninson and MJ Padua. I think you guys, you guys are in like two completely different track plans and where like, well, I guess you guys are both doing like solid rebuilds, but I think Eric is more so a little ahead of you on the track plan. Whereas you're kind of just like starting to kind of just indulge in just finding players that can be sleepers and then trying to sell them at their peak value and get the most that you can. Um, with your team, MJ, like, I still like Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley is great. I think that if we were talking earlier about kind of trades that I've done, I always do like package trades. Like I did Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette together. Because you love those my four quarters for your dollar. You love those trades. It's, it's honestly like, I guess maybe that's like part of my strategy too, but if I could see you guys do a trade that would make an impact, Eric is going to have those those two and three picks for for the the dynasty draft this year. He's obviously going to go running back, running back. I don't see him taking anybody else other than Taylor and Swift. He's going to fill out his running back position, and like that is what he should do. Other than that, 
like I was saying, I don't see him winning out this year. I think he's going to make some good strides. But since he's not going to win out this year, Allen Robinson is at the peak of what he can be right now. I don't think Allen Robinson's stock is ever going to be as high as it is right now. I think that, and I guess like this is kind of like giving away the strategy, but Eric <laughs> should dump, he should dump Allen Robinson. He should package in at least the 108. And I think Noah Fant's a player that I actually really like, another sleeper that I was kind of, haven't really done too much research on, but I like him going into this year. I think if he could package the 108, Allen Robinson and Noah Fant to you in exchange for Todd Gurley. And I don't know if you would give him up, but maybe David Johnson. I think that that would be kind of be interesting for both teams in the fact that you would get another first round pick, which is going to be the 108 can honestly be T Higgins and T Higgins going to the Bengals is like, a player that I'm stoked on as much as it sucks for me having AJ Green. But we all know that this year, this year's draft is just like fully loaded with just tons of opportunity and oh, potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going by track plans, I think that you getting more first round picks gives you a better shot because it's not like you need to get four like number one players or three. Like Essentially, you just need one really good player. Like, if you could score one really good player in that first round, that's a really good move for your team. So I think giving you any more potential and scoring that that just boom player in a first round is going to be good for you. I think for Eric, getting rid of Allen Robinson is just... He's not a bad player, but I think that this is the most he's ever going to be worth. It'll be good for you because you're great at selling players too. So it's not like the trade is going to end from there. You're still going to have some work on your plate, but I think it's going to work out for you guys both. Yeah. Who do you think finishes with a better record this year, me or Eric? I'd say after the draft, when it's all said and done, Eric's going to rank higher than you at the end of the season. Mm, Okay. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that in the sense of (laughs) I would not like that to be true. But I like that in the sense of that's that, that's fair. I can't I can't really argue that. Um, I'll take the humble approach and be like, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on me, but I think I, my team will surprise a lot of people this year um, with guys like David Johnson and, and other things like that. But Kayvon, I like that trade, and I'm really excited that you involved me with it. I'm honored, bro. Yeah, man, of course. Let me know if you pull it off, right? <laughs> I probably wouldn't. I'm not super high on Allen Robinson. Uh, he's the kind of guy who produces without good quarterback play like he had Mitchell Trubisky and yeah Allen Robinson went off he's probably the best slant runner in the entire NFL but um I just I just don't like him too much and I don't like Chicago's offense right now man I don't think I could do it and I I wouldn't let go of David Johnson <laughs> I have too high hopes for him yeah no I I love David Johnson too man but I think it's worth looking into I'm just excited to see who's going to be free and I think especially with that with Braden kind of like opening the gates for us to access those players again. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for those trades that are coming in. It'll be a good time. Yeah. I'm excited for that too. I think I like a lot of the trades that have been going on this off season. And so I hope that they continue to pick up as the draft gets closer and closer, but it has been a pleasure having you cave It's been an awesome time talking, picking your mind a little bit on your trading philosophy and your philosophy to dynasty but I'd love to hear what is your rec for the people this week? Two things. Uh, the last dance. I'm not sure if you guys are watching or not, but kind of seeing just cause I didn't really grow up watching Michael Jordan by any means. And I never really took the time to like learn about him as a player, but learning about the mentality he has, like going into everything he does. I think it's, you could benefit so much in life. If like you can have that same mindset, like with whatever you do and just like, always being out there to compete given he did have this amazing talent that I don't know if I'll ever be able to kind of like hone in for myself. Maybe that's just loser mentality and maybe I should dump that, but no last dance is awesome. And also, uh, I watched uh, Dave. I don't know if you guys watched. Oh, Dave. little Dickie sure show MJ. on FX. Did you see not it? Sponsor. No, I have not seen it yet. It's good. It's really good. It's actually very relatable too, which is like kind of cool. So, yeah, Brian, some good feelings. Um, those are my two picks. 
if you guys are inside just doing nothing and you want some tv shows or watch the godfather too i watched that the other day so those are my three things for you guys nice i like those mj what's your rec this week yeah my rec is um a little recipe that i tried out that turned out delicious they're air fryer donuts. So if you have an air fryer at home or something like that, or a little convection oven, you should definitely try it. it. So what you do is you get those Pillsbury biscuit tubes. You know what I mean? Like they're blue and then you like peel them and then you pop them or whatever. And you get like the little biscuit doughs. So you get those, pull out the dough, obviously. You lay down the biscuits because they're already in rounds. You get like a shot glass and then you take out the middle using the shot glass, like pressing into it. And then boom, you have donuts and donut holes. And then you put them in your convection oven or your air fryer. You brush them with a little bit of oil so they can get like fried and crispy. You fry them for four minutes, turn them over, brush them with a little more oil, air fry them again for a few more minutes. And then while they're hot, you roll them around in some cinnamon sugar. And then I brushed mine with butter before doing that. Oh my gosh, dude, they're so good. They're delicious and they're done within like 10 minutes. So that'll be my rec for you guys. You can find a YouTube video or something like that. Air fryer donuts with the cinnamon sugar. It's baller, bro. Yeah, that would be mine, Joe. Those air fryer donuts are legit. Uh, what would be your rec this week? Dude, my rec this week, I watched this movie for the second time and I reminded myself of how good it was. Knives Out. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's a murder mystery with Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, some other famous people in there. But yeah, I like murder mysteries a lot. And I thought... You know, everything's kind of already been done under the sun, but this movie kind of proved me wrong. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's definitely one of those movies that has a lot of layers to it. And, you know, freaky you Friday chick the very end. Yeah, that Freaky Friday chick is in it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So check it out if you like murder mysteries. But yeah, that's my rec for this week. I actually do have one more recommendation. I don't know why it wasn't the first thing I thought of, but you guys, I really recommend you guys throwing some more trades with me. I think trading with V is always the best thing you can do if you don't know what to do. And uh, Join always the here to kind of guide, <laughs> always willing to take in some sheep. And uh, yeah, if you guys need some guidance, reach out and I will definitely help you out with fantasy. Oh um, my gosh. But that movie looks super good, man. I actually do want to check it out. I might yeah, watch it tomorrow watch night it. or something. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, watch it while eating some air fryer donuts. It'll be legit. Well, Nuts. that's going to do it for yeah. us tonight, guys. Oh, dang. <laughs> I don't know if I could do an outro. I'll try. Well, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Kayvon, it's been really nice having you. I can't believe I'm saying that, talking to the villain of the league. But no, it's been really <laughs> civil. I really like uh, hearing some of those trades and some of your insights to the league. I think you add a really fun dynamic to our league. So it's been a pleasure having you. Guys, like once again, we recommend you guys never trade with Kayvon. But um, yeah, this is your host, Joe. And yeah, leave us a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. Like and subscribe. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week with the next episode. Peace, guys. Really quick, uh, before we leave, I don't know, but during the podcast, I got a trade from Luna. And he was, oh. uh, he was asking me to dish up Austin Eckler said, let me buy Eckler before you have to release him. What does that mean? Why would I have well, he to He thinks you're going to cut him. Why does he think that I'm going to let go of this guy? Dude, that's some dumb shit you would say to us, though. <laughs>As you can tell, we had a ton of fun recording this episode, and it wouldn't have been possible without our sponsor, Le'Veon Bell. Here's his new single, Major Pain, out on Spotify and all major streaming platforms. Take a listen and enjoy the ride. This nigga keep going. Try having a little, his little mix shit. His little ginger ale and his little Patron. This nigga soft for real. Don't get me started, I feel like Harden, I'm dropping 40 They can just look at me, know that I'm ballin' I feel like Jordan's holding the Spartan I feel like Mellon when I'm in the guard I hop on the beat and I'm snappin' regardless You see me do what I do with the largest I got some niggas that's taking the charges, yeah They get a cake in a major way I'm out there give them a major pay They know I'm making a major pay And I am the boss like a major pay I'm in the booth when I'm made this pay And not gonna lie, it's a crazy day These niggas acting real brave today I gotta show them my major pain, uh
I know you looking to even the score. Black and white diamonds, they looking like smalls. The way that they looking, I need me some more. I get 10 racks and it's hitting the floor. And all of the ones, she just can't ignore. She trying to hide it, it's all on the core. These bitches be sweating me, so on they pores. I got these bitches, they wanting attention. They coming at me because they think I'm a force. All of these niggas, I'm taking they bitches. They really be hate when I walk through the door. I'm in the club and I'm with all my niggas. I'm blowing a ticket when I'm with my boys. I'm just going to tell you to not come with all of that negative shit because you getting destroyed. I could just tell you this curve. They look at me like a curse. I'm making bread in a burst. I can tell they pockets hurt. These niggas talking about money, they not about money, they scrubs like a nurse. DB just coming at me, I'm collecting this money like this is the first. I got some bitches that came from my high school, they coming at me, now they wanting some peace. They see me doing it, now they want to do me, cause they knew a nigga like me making cheese. I'm just a man and I do what I can, got designer, that shit just be dripping off me. I'm on the block and they know that I'm hot and I'm running the streets and I'm not the police. It's just the way I be rapping this shit, it becoming so easy, I feel like I'm bored. It's just the way I be snapping, they looking at me and I'm bagging the bitch like a store. It's just the way that I'm dripping, these hoes they be tripping. I think that I need me a ward. I got these bars like a prison. I'm fucking these vixens. You know I'ma do that for sure. I got a hit in the skirt. I kick that bitch to the curb. I'm moving fast like a blur. You ain't say shit but a word. Niggas can't fuck with me. I'm killing niggas at night and they feel like the purge. You know I'm balling on Sundays. I'm collecting this money. I feel like a church. Don't get me started. I feel like hard and I'm dropping 40. They can just look at me, know that I'm balling. I feel like Jordan's holding the spotted. I feel like mellow when I'm in the guard. I hop on the beat and I'm snapping regardless. You see me do what I do with the largest. I got some niggas that's taking the charges. Yeah, they get their cake in a major way. I'm out there give them a major pay. They know I'm making a major pay. And I am the boss like a major pain. I'm in the booth and I made this play. And not gonna lie, it's a crazy day. These niggas out there were brave today. I gotta show them a major pain.